0: Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it, wherever you are. Shalom, and welcome to Maka Fleischer. Hello there. Hi. How are you, madame?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Maka, right now, we are recording in our apartment, and uh, the scent of Israeli guayavas or yes. guavas uh, is permeating the... The room, I love the smell of yes. guava. Other people hate it. We like it. Uh, we like it very much. Some people hate it. It's it's one of those smells. It's
1: like cilantro.
0: Uh, and patchouli. And uh, I do not like patchouli. I'm saying it's a smell that like you either really like it or not like it. But this smell is also permeated with the still the energy of the seventh year, Kedusha, the holiness of the seventh year, which was basically last year till Rosh Hashanah. And these fruits were grown last year, so now you purchase seventh year holy uh, fruits.
1: Last year was the sabbatical year, the Shabbat of the land.
0: Hey, fruit trees need a sabbatical.
1: Yeah, you take a little break. Why, do you think just professors could use it? Yeah, I mean, we should all take a little lesson from the trees getting a sabbatical on the seventh year. That's right, I speak for the trees. Yeah. Yeah. I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. Last year was was the Shabbat year in which you're supposed to let the land rest and not right. to to till the land or 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 uh, plant seeds and things like that. So it's uh it's a, still an ongoing process here and a debate here in the land of Israel as to how to ach- best achieve following this law of the Shemitah year. But anyway, a lot of the the vegetables from last year um, are now what's called shana rishonah, which means they are past the uh seventh year and they're growing like in the first year of the new cycle so that's kind of uh that's eased up on my shopping efforts because i've been going this way and that way trying to get the the right vegetables um and that's a whole thing about what is uh, about hetermechira which is that some people sell their land to a gentile so that they can continue to work it um and that that's a whole topic uh we don't we try to that is kosher but we tried to avoid it. Uh, that's not our preferred vegetable eating. So now I'm, I'm buying Shana Rishana vegetables, but the fruits are still from the seventh year. A lot of the fruits are still from the seventh year. Mm-hmm. Um some other big root vegetables, I think also potatoes are still um from the seventh year. And we
0: just got an olive oil, bottle of olive yes. oil harvested from olives from the seventh year. And so it is a olive oil that is holy with the seventh right, year. Right, that's serious business. It's serious business, and it's cool. And there was a whole question, can you light with them? Can right. you light Hanukkah candles? The answer at the end was kind of no. Uh, but basically, I mean, it no, was- No, the answer is no. The answer is no. You're not right. supposed
1: to light Hanukkah candles, but you can light Shabbat candles. It's interesting. Yeah, very we interesting. We won't go into it. Being Jewish is a whole thing.
0: It is, but that's why people tune in, Mark. Right. They tune in because they want to hear about what was formerly known as Judaism. What? Yes, the the religion for and the and the what people is it like, now? Judaism.
1: Judaism, nice. Yeah.
0: It's 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 Judaism from Judea, which is a different form, so it's Judaism. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I
1: like it. Yep. Okay, that's cool. Yeah,
0: it's it's just it's just like cuz it's not the same because it's it's it has it's so much more there's so many things like what we're talking about. Right, the land,
1: the aspects involving land? Is that, the right, right, the
0: is land. that Judaism? Right. we just talked about? I mean, about? it is. It's Judaism. It's Judaism right. from the, the land of Judea. I appreciate you like that. You know Judaism from the land of Judea is Judaism. So, so there you
1: go. I want to give a big shout out to the Osher Ad grocery chain. Yeah. Um. I don't know what they do throughout the country, but in the grocery store that I go to in Jerusalem, it is filled with what's called Otsar Beit din which, um, which uh, din, which is the the treasures of the Beit Din, which is the the Jewish ruling court. And basically, the the farmers they give over their land. To the the uh, the Jewish court, and the court distributes the fruits and vegetables, and they pay the which are grown during the kedushat Shvi'i time, and they pay the farmers according to their work rather than according to their um, produce itself, and that's kind of a workaround in order to enable them to get money from the fruit that they're giving over to the Beit Din. But anyway, I go to o, to o, uh, to Osher Ad. Sometimes and pick up Kedushat eat? And it's the seventh, seventh, seventh year.
0: Holy seventh year. Now, stuff.
1: during the course of a regular year, you go to the grocery store and you go, oh, tomato, look good? Great, buy. It doesn't look good? Don't buy. Cucumber, mm, nice and green, buy, right? But you don't know where your stuff is actually coming from. There's not a sign. This is not, I don't know if what happens at Whole Foods. It sounds like a Whole Foods thing to do. Like, this is from Guatemala, like letting you know where your food is from. But in the regular grocery store, and you guys can probably relate to what I'm saying, you go to the grocery store and you buy what's there. It looks good, yes, it doesn't know. But during the seventh year, everybody wants to know exactly w- what the situation is with their fruit or vegetable. Is it kdu shvi eat? Because there's a which is a seventh year holy, which means that the the fruit and vegetables which are grown on the seventh year are have a holiness to them because they were grown on the Sabbath um are they this seventh year holy in which you have to treat them a special way you can't chuck the scraps just right in the trash you have to put them in a bag let them rot all this stuff um is it heter mechira which means a jew took this land sold it to a non-jew so that they can continue to work the land even though it's the sabbath because gentiles are not obligated to the sabbath so the land is working because it's owned by a gentile do you want to be buying that then there's something called yavul nochri, which is uh, farms of non-Jews in the land of Israel. Do you want to be buying that, or do you want to buy something called yavul Chul, which is uh, fruits from outside the land? I, I have a hard time finding an apple. Oh, look, there's an apple from Italy. Well, this is definitely no problem because it has no. There's no. Uh, Italy is a lovely, beautiful, wonderful, uh, historic country, but there's not a holiness in the land and like we, there is in the land of And Israel. we had a
0: beautiful Hungarian apple juice. Yes, the other we had day. Hungarian apple juice. It I was, was very good. proud of that Thank Malcolm. you. I was very, pr- <laughs> very proud, you know, proud. You know? Yes,
1: good. I see the Hungarianness went inside.
0: I, I just want you to, to listeners to understand that we this is an inter- intermarriage. I am from Polish Russian stock. Malka is from Hungarian stock, so yeah. But we yeah. make it work. We make it work, and I'm just proud to be, <laughs> uh, you know, a little bit Hungarian. That's right. You should be proud. I am. I, you know. You know, Malka, I, You know how I love cultures and yeah. stuff. So the fact that I, like, I'm always telling people, if I meet Hungarian people, like la- yesterday, I spoke to a group immediately. You know, l- one lady is from like from Hungary. I'm like, I married a Hungarian girl. I'm a little bit Hungarian. And people are like, yeah, yeah, your okay. kids are. Yeah, that's right. By uh, the way, I had. Um,
1: but wait, I just want to finish yeah. this tiny little thought, which is that it's it's. A special opportunity during this, like this series of really two years, to see where your food's coming from. Like, we bought this guava, the guava that you mentioned. I didn't know we grow grow guavas. You didn't know we grow guavas? I know, blah, blah, blah. You can grow guavas in Israel. (laughs) I didn't know that we grow guavas. Right. And I was like, oh, neat. Like, these are Kedushat shvit guavas. Uh, We grow, and it turns out that here in our tiny little land, which is really. Big, but really small. We grow so many different things. Right. And, you know, I know that it's like a big deal in the liberal circles today to have like local food and even not in lo- liberal circles. People are wanting to eat food that's a little bit closer to home. Mm, I don't like I didn't realize that. Right,
0: we yes, let's use the right language for that. OK, because I, I don't think that there's liberal or conservative when it comes to Whole Foods. No, that's just a yeah. uh, people who tend. That doesn't matter uh, what their political. I'm, I'm sure that there's a Whole Foods in Texas. And people like to go there. Okay, fair enough. It's it's a people who are concerned with
1: right, food. but it it's been made an issue, I guess, in progressive circles. To I don't know. If, I don't know. Maybe I maybe I should roll that back. The point is that that it's neat to know that so much of our food that we eat here in Israel is local food.
0: Here you are, you are, you know, what in America would be called a conservative, and you are concerned with these things.
1: I like it, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I guess you're right.
0: In many ways, you see that that's the thing. Like 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 these things are not these these kind of titles uh or or you know, ap- appala- app not Appalachians, whatever.
1: You're an Appalachian. Yeah, I feel
0: like I love Appalachia. Um Have you been
1: to Appalachia? You should go. Yep, yeah, I have.
0: Um yeah, that's where the ginseng is from.
1: Right. Bartholomew. That's right. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what's the name of that show? It's on Dirty Riches. D- Dirty Riches, I think it's D- on the Filthy Discovery. Filthy Riches, Discovery Channel. We oh watched that one time in a hotel when we were on vacation. Oh my God! It's all it's about brilliant.
0: like it's uh, like you know making like your wealth, getting
1: worms and stuff. Yeah, oh, oh, it's the best making show. Your, yeah, yeah, It's about Appalachian people basically.
0: <laughs> Not just all over the country. No, the Appalachia was oh, and Appala- what, like
1: in the Pacific Northwest. No,
0: Appalachia was just specifically about finding ginseng. ginseng yeah, there's a lot uh, of, which of wild ginseng. They call no, the Bartholomew. Bar- is it? Yeah, they call Bartholomew
1: was the big burl.
0: No. No, no. The burl was burl. <laughs> anyway, Welcome to our living room, everybody right, where we talk right.
1: about the stuff that we care about.
0: Well, the guavas are making me happy that smell, Malka. I thank you very much. And it's and it's the smell of holiness. Um uh I had a I had a, an amazing day yesterday. It was like one of these days where you just like where you just like just burp, you know, put the gas pedal to the to floor. the floor or the electric pedal to the floor, whatever. Mm-hmm car you're driving it may not be gas anymore but uh it was just it was just a, a full day and it included uh one tour group of ultra-Orthodox young not all like American Haredi uh young people for the Olami group then uh KKL KKL the uh Karen least that's right the uh Jewish
1: National Fund right
0: JNF they brought a group and my friend so nice. Mayor Eisenman, Master Tour Guide Mayor Eisenman, and if you by the way, you could always I reach know out Jewish to the Jewish
1: National Fund is taking tours to Hebron.
0: It was Mayor Eisenman, Master Tour Guide, uh, who got them to go. That's awesome. And he got them to I'm see I'm So him. glad I hope they enjoyed it. You know, and you and you know what I did with both of these groups? I actually did it with yet another group after that, which was Aish Sephardic. Cool. Which were not the only problem was is that they were all called Aish Sephardic, they were very proud of that name. But they weren't Sephardic. They what were, were they? they were Persian. Uh which well, is they probably have many groups. No, no. These guys who are all Persians, who <laughs> uh, have Persian parents. Oh, you're
1: saying they should rename it. Like like
0: I, I as far as I understand, if you're Persian, you're not Sephardic.
1: Like Ashmena. Whatever it is.
0: It's just like I, no, but they, they use that name upon themselves. Oh, and really? I was just very interested to see that like they call themselves Sephardic. But I'm just like You're Persian. You're Persian. In any case, and then I also spoke to another group which was uh, the group from a- the Abraham Hostel, and what they do is is that they bring all these Europeans to listen. So there was a- yesterday was a mostly Italian group, and a lot of interesting stuff happened throughout. And I did an interview uh, on the BBC, thirty minutes of an interview, which was very combative. And you're going to hear the way that they we're edit. We're going to talk about it on the show. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're just going to play it after this uh, uh, this segment. You want to talk about? It? We can yeah, talk I about think it. we sure. should put
1: it in the segment.
0: Okay, and then uh, and then I also did an interview with Noam Arnone, who is going to be on today's show, and I did an interview on the J Post Radio. So I was like, uh, it was you know. And then I came home, and then I parked the car, came in the house, ate something, and then went with with our daughter Leah to see our good friend Ari Silverman and Inky, his son, who was uh, vi- who are visiting uh, and a fan of the show, a listener of the show, and a good friend of mine, uh, who had also just experienced for the first time in his life going up to the temple mount. Wow,
1: and what was, did he say?
0: Well, first thing he was glowing. I had to put on sunglasses to talk <laughs> to him. It was wow. just uh, really it's like a, it's like a glow. And I said to him and he said to me like like it's once you've passed that threshold on the temple mount, your whole relationship with everything yes it changes and he says and, and also to the kotel, the kotel becomes this what it is, which is uh,
1: uh, like a doorway
0: Right, and the ancient shopping plaza of the Second Temple, right. but not the thing, not
1: the not the center of it, right? But the side,
0: and 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 you start to feel that. And I said to him, I said to him another thing that's like that in in Judaism. And I know it's going to sound funny, but he and I were both soldiers at the same time from a yeshiva. That's where we met. And, and I said to him, you know, it's just like being a, a a person, a Jew who fires a gun and learns to fire a gun in Jewish defense for the first time in your life. Something happens. You are like you just become. Yeah a different person you're like right, your oh your eyes what? open to something else right like yeah. I'm a defender I can, and it, it blows out that first bullet that comes out of the out of the uh, barrel yeah. it, it blows out 2,000 years of, of Jewish persecution victim, yeah right. you're just like I am a Jewish defender and the same thing with going to the temple men. it's like I, I yearn for the temple I don't yearn for the western wall uh, and there was a lot of interesting things yesterday but I just want to make two more points for you okay. before we talk about the BBC thing And that is one is that I took all three the three groups that I had. I took them to the tomb of Ruth and Ishai, and I took them to one of the structures that we are refurbishing right now. We're talking about a fifteen hundred year old structure. Wow! And my friend uh, and and master stoneworker Yonatan Mm -hmm. was literally caulking and chiseling as I was talking to these groups. How's it looking? It's looking amazing and he and and they were just like and I'm like do you feel the feeling of building Eretz Israel of Yishuv Ha'aretz can wow. you feel it that this is happening as we're talking about it? and I made everybody pick up a rock from the dirt and yeah. be like here's you keep this rock for what it was like before it was completed before wow. it was fixed and and did so they do it? remember absolutely people did it with with like and people were like wow you really made me feel like Yishuv Ha'aretz I'm like you see it's really happening it's really, we're really taking an old structure and, and beautifying it. We are, we are uh, fixing the, 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 the destruction of Judea. Oh, wow. People really felt it. The other thing that stood out from yesterday um, is that I was with a, uh, with a uh, group and this group, this Abraham Hostel, and I usually I get the same questions: How do you see the future? You know, uh, you know what are, what are what are your visions for political rights for Palestinians, all that kind of stuff. But sometimes, you know, sometimes it goes to other issues. And uh, I was talking about how our how our Israeli Jewish youth are moving in the direction of more religion and more nationalism, right? As opposed, and I and I said, as opposed to a European sense, which I understand, and I and I, you know, I, I made a caveat that I don't really, you know, I'm not from Europe, and that's not my right, issue. Not but as I understand, Europe, right? but as I understand, moving away from a sense of nationalism and national pride, and and moving also away from religion, and by the way, moving also away from family.
1: Mm, is that true? Of course,
0: less babies in these European right. countries, and less marriages, and also other forms of marriages, which in the end. Are not children. or you know you don't naturally produce children anyway, uh, but you know it, it's a walk away from national identity, national religion, or personal religion and uh, and family, and so this this Italian lady, young lady, uh, raises her hand and she says, "Well, why do you think that is? Like, I I see what you're saying about about Israel, mm-hmm. but in my circles, you're right that people are tending away from right. these things." Like what? Why is that? You think? Okay, and I, I, you know, I, I said to her, "Listen up. No, I'm not an expert, but okay. and I don't think about these things all the time." But I said to her, "You know, I think first thing it's the institutions. If people don't trust the institutions, uh, not it, it the, it's not only about faith in God. It's also about faith in man and the systems of mankind to officiate God's stuff. And if you don't trust your church and you don't trust your church leaders." Then you're not going to probably like your religion. And I said, uh, you know, I said, I even know many good Catholics who don't like their Pope. So, right there, that's, and that's people who are observant. Certainly people who are well, less observant. I would
1: not say, though, by any stretch, that the Jewish people look at all their leaders and all their institutions and go, wow, those are exactly Squeaky like clean. we would want right, them. That's right.
0: That, that's right. You're, you're absolutely right. But and, they're and, still having
1: kids. Because they have faith in Hashem, Isha.
0: Well, I, also I said to them, I also said to them that, th- that was one point, I said, which is, which is the institutions. And I think, I think it's very important for institutions to understand that when an institution fails, people leave the whole thingamabob. Uh, the other thing is uh, that uh, I said to them, you have to have purpose. Purpose is, is, is a key thing. I said, for Israel, we're always reminded of our purpose we have these enemies they remind us of our purpose they remind us of our purpose to want to survive and and we have this like this ancient goal which is to you know reestablish our our, our commonwealth here uh, and i said there's just these these things inside that remind us of our purpose but if you're living in america and you're living you know between the atlantic and the pacific between canada and mexico and you just have wealth and everything's okay and you just start to doubt what it's all for because you don't exactly have a purpose. What's what's your mission? What's your mission statement, if you will? Okay, and I said I said it's important. Then I remembered the Italian word passion, <laughs> and I said Hi, you know we have. Pa- oh, they asked me like, are you paid by the town of Hebron to do your PR work? I'm like, yes, but I could be being paid doing something else, you know. And, and but I'm doing it because I have passion. I have uh, passion for this thing, and, and, and they understood that. And I said that's that's really what it's, what it's all about. It's about it's about the passion. It's about the passion. And so just an interesting question from a person. The other thing I want to tell you is that now I've tested it. I've fully market tested it, the issue of uh, of Taiwan. I've now tested it with with people from Hong Kong, with people from China. There was a guy from Wuhan. There was a lady from Hong Kong. Really?
1: Well, what's she saying? I wish we could have a talk about that.
0: B- bottom line is I say to them, you know, Israel is Taiwan. Do you think it's a good idea to cut it in half, to give it to China for peace? Okay. And people are like, "You're right." I'm wow! Yeah, I'm telling you, it's now been it's now been market tested. I did it for you, people. I, <laughs> I market tested in the field. I do that. You know, I have a new way of saying something. I test it to to to, to see if it works, and it definitely works. And with the young person guys, I said to them, "What we talked about a few weeks ago on the show, which is, you know, you guys should be standing up, you American Iranian uh, Iranian tradition Iranian." Uh, it's children of, 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 of Iran uh, yeah, right yeah children of Iran uh, of, of uh, Iranian Jews you guys should be standing up for the young people of Iran who are standing up against their evil oppressive regime right and then being killed in the streets and I said do you understand the courage?
1: It's incredible courage.
0: and I'm just like I'm like you guys out there in the free world should be making a stink about it I said to them and and this is this this departs from my usual, belief that we shouldn't really you know get into other people's with
1: other nations business right but
0: here we're talking about really people getting crushed in the streets by by an evil regime that also wants to destroy israel and america and and anything good and holy and i said you guys have to 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 make a stick about that i think that 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 moved them in any case a very exciting day yesterday and we will be playing in just a few minutes um my talk with uh, BBC. Oh, we we'll can do it right now. Yeah, let's we'll, play it right now. We'll do it right now. But I I want to say that it, it's going to be you know it's about ten minutes because I want to also play the intro so that you just get a whiff of the bitter snaky like energy which wow. I the, the 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 layer of of Israel hate so- that. That, that, that I had to enter in, wow. into into to discuss.
1: All right. So we're excited to listen to this. Hang in, people. Listen to this uh, interview that Isha did just yesterday with the BBC, and we're going to talk about it right at the end. Hang right. on.
0: And also, this is the BBC World Service. Yes. Okay.
1: okay. Here we go.
2: Hello. I'm Razia Iqbal. Welcome to NewsHour from the BBC World Service. It comes to you live from our studios in central London. We begin today with a story you may have heard on the programme yesterday, the visit by a far-right Israeli minister, Itamar Ben-Gavir, to the religious compound in the heart of the old city of Jerusalem, Temple Mount to the Jews, Haram al-Sharif or Noble Sanctuary to Muslims. We are revisiting the story because we have an interview today with Mr Ben-Gavir's spokesman, Yishai Fleischer. It's the first time we've had the chance to speak to a representative of the party, Jewish Power, since their inclusion in the new Israeli coalition government. And we're running it because of the controversy surrounding Mr Ben-Gavir's visit and the party's presence in the government, which has caused disquiet inside Israel and internationally. His presence in the compound was not a first, but the first time he visited as the new security minister. This was widely condemned as provocative, not least because back in 2000, Ariel Sharon, when he was an opposition leader, visited the site and it was widely credited with setting off the second intifada or uprising, which lasted years and many people died. The condemnation came from the Palestinians and widely across the Arab world. Cautionary words over any change in the status quo of the site also came from the White House and the State Department. Ned Price is a spokesman.
3: The United States stands firmly for preservation of the historic status quo with respect to the holy sites in Jerusalem. Uh, We oppose any unilateral actions that undercut the historic status quo. They are unacceptable. Uh, We're deeply concerned by any unilateral actions that have the potential to exacerbate tensions, uh, precisely because we want to see the opposite happen.
2: Yesterday, Ahmed al-Dik, an advisor to the Palestinian foreign minister, said he held the Israeli prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, responsible for what happened on Tuesday.
4: We condemn this provocative breaking in, and we hold the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, directly responsible for this breaking in, especially for misleading the international community about this breaking in. We take it seriously when Ben Gavir, the extremist minister Ben Gavir, breaks into Al-Aqsa compound, because that will affect the situation and we consider this breaking in as an official Israeli invitation to a round of violence in the field that will be hard to control. We call on the international community and especially the American administration to move immediately and to stop the activities of this government.
2: Itamar Ben-Gavir has a conviction for inciting racism and of support for a terrorist group. He's a man who, along with some in the Religious Zionism Alliance, of which Jewish power is a part, is emblematic of a significant shift in Israeli politics, individuals who hold extremist views who are now in the mainstream of Israeli politics. Mr Ben-Gavir, spokesman is Yeshai Fleischer. Why did Mr. Ben-Gavir go to the compound yesterday?
5: Uh, the purpose was uh, the same purpose that uh, Mr. Ben-Gavir and thousands of other Jews ascend uh, to, which is it's a holy place for the Jewish people. And he has done this many times in his life. It's not something special or unusual. It's just part of uh, Jewish observance to be connected to this place where two temples stood where two commonwealths had their capital uh, in uh, 3,000 years ago and 2,000 years ago. And the Jewish people are highly connected to this place. And Itamar ben basically was doing something that the Jewish people have always yearned to do, which is to be connected and part of this place.
2: He, you say he's done it before. We, we are aware of that. But he is now a minister in the Israeli cabinet, which gives it a different strength, if you like. Does your party want to change the status quo whereby Jews are allowed to pray there?
5: I think that the the issue at stake here is Jewish rights, basic human rights really. It's really a place of prayer for all peoples and that's what it says also in the prophet Isaiah that this place is going to be a, a house of prayer for all nations.
2: Is part of that uh, visit to Temple Mount as a minister, is it part of Mr Ben-Gavir's objective to assert Judaism equal claim to the site?
5: I think that Mr. represents a will of uh, many Israelis, uh, maybe millions, who really believe in Jewish rights in Judea, in Jerusalem, uh, and certainly on the Temple Mount. And uh, I think it's also very important to note that one of the groups that wanted to make sure that Minister ben won't go up there was Hamas. They were like, you know, you dare not go up there? The minute they said that, it almost left him no choice. This country is not going to be held hostage by the whims of terrorists. And so, you know, they almost forced the issues. The minute that they think that they're going to start dictating where people can go and who, who people should be afraid to pray to and moving their lips, the minute you have that kind of messaging, then Mr. is really standing for basic human rights for the Jewish people and for all peoples had to go up to that Temple Mount.
2: But, but there are many in Israeli politics, Israelis who are uh, nervous about the values that Mr. Ben-Gavir holds. Do you accept that he is a polarizing figure in that context?
5: Well, politics is a polarizing thing, isn't it? We choose the representatives that we think represent our values. Polarizing or not, that's the problem of politics. Politics isn't the representation of everybody at once. It's the representation of the majority. And the majority of Israelis clearly want uh, Jewish rights to be asserted.
2: What does asserting Jewish rights mean to uh, the party that you are a member of and Itmar Ben-Gavir is the leader of? He's called for the expulsion of Arab citizens of Israel who are not loyal to Israel. What does that mean?
5: No, he has not called for that. That's incorrect. He has called for getting rid of terrorists. And basically, you have places in Israel, if you you would liken it to America, imagine if large swaths of New York State were controlled by Al-Qaeda and somebody who would be antithetical to the United States. We can't have that within the Jewish state. We're a post-Holocaust people. We want to make sure to be safe and secure. We're a, a small defended minority in this region. We're basically like Taiwan, like a small tiny island within a much larger Muslim world. Not all the Muslims are our enemies at all but there is a jihadist uh, atmosphere a milieu out there and we basically want to continue to be live safely and securely on our land
2: well you say that mr ben gavir wants to get rid of terrorists and yet this is the man who just until very recently had a picture of a terrorist who he was lionizing a mass murderer baruch goldstein a picture of him in his living room well i
5: think mr ben gavir has spoken about that so many times Uh, it's uh a long time ago, he took that picture off and he said that that's not who he is anymore. He now has six children. He's 46 years old, uh, an extremely successful uh, lawyer here in Israel. And basically he says, listen, I grew up in a more radical tradition. And now I've come to understand that the enemies of Israel are the terrorists and the radicals and the, uh, and, and the jihadists. And that's who I want to deal with. But the Arab citizens uh, are not part of that. Not only that, there are many Arab citizens, including mayors, of two Arab cities who have come out and said we need Itamar ben to be strong against the jihadism in our towns Mr. Well. Fleischer,
2: you say that he has apologised for that. That photograph was only taken down very recently just for listeners who don't know who Baruch Goldstein was he was a man who massacred 29 Palestinians in prayer at the cave of the Patriarchs. Isn't it true that he took the picture down for political expediency and that his lionising of the ideology of both Baruch Goldstein And of Mayor Kahani, also uh, an ideologically right wing Jewish person, is a sign that it's his character that is being questioned at the moment. Should this man be entrusted to run a military police force in the world's most sensitive religious city?
5: First thing is he took, he took this picture off many years ago and he's apologized since, publicly apologized. You can keep harping on it, but the bottom line is that he's he said that that is not what he stands for anymore. Number two is you're saying, you know, it's a referendum on his character. The referendum has been taken. It's called elections. And today he is a minister in Israel. So you can keep asking whether he should or should not. And I appreciate your interest in our politics, but bottom line is that the Israeli people uh, are for it. And I tell you again, that I meet Arabs every day who tell me how, it should only be that he'll be successful and take Taking away the illegal weapons and taking away the, the strength of the terrorists because they abuse Arabs first before they abuse anybody else.
2: Well, perhaps they won't respect your party's desire to annex the entire occupied West Bank, which is what your policy is. Uh, is, is it the case that, were you able to do anything that comes even close to that, that you would not afford the Palestinian residents in the occupied West Bank Jewish citizenship?
5: First thing is you call it occupied West Bank. And again, I think that's engaging in a certain memory and historical erasure. Uh, Actually, no, it's to
2: do with it's to do with international law. International law says that those territories are occupied by Israel and that's a legal term.
5: Well, I don't know if you're an international lawyer. I happen to have studied international law at Cardozo Law School in Manhattan. We believe that this land is ours and it's contested. We believe that Judea and Samaria is our historic homeland. Uh, and we are not occupying the places that we've lived in for the last 3,000 years. But the truth of the matter is, is that those questions that you asked about citizenship, these are all complex issues, and we have to move forward. But the, the basic idea is to give the most amount of rights to the most amount of people to have minorities living in our country have upward mobility and
2: decency. Mr. Fleischer, what does the most amount of rights mean? Were you to annex the West Bank and not afford Palestinian residents Jewish citizenship, how does that make the Jewish state a democracy?
5: First thing is is that we're not right now. We our party has not uh, offered up exact plans for how we see uh, the future of this. And I wrote an article in New York Times, which you could see, called The Settler's Vision for the Future of Israel, which discussed five alternatives to the two-state solution, including that, you know, Jordan is the original Palestine, returning the Jordanian citizenship to the Palestinians that, that are living here, but still remain in Israel as residents. And there are many other options. But the fact is, is that our party has not yet issued, you know, exact plans. And, so
2: and, can, and yet, you know, Mr. I, I Fleischer, I am publicly. I am looking. No, no, me, no. Me, I, I have let, to pick uh, you. You up on this point, Mr. Fleischer, because I am looking at sure. the New York Times piece that you wrote. You said Arabs yes, can ma'am. live in Israel as other minorities do, with personal rights, not national rights. Surely this is the as- building. This is the building of a racist state that you are envisaging. <laughs>
5: Look, first thing is, is that uh, Israel is, 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 like I said, is like Taiwan within a major region, an Arab region in which Jews have no rights. I mean, if we talk about apartheid and racism, this is a region like Syria and Egypt. These are places that Jews have zero rights. Now here, you cannot even compare the, the liberal outlook Uh, of Israel to the Arab countries around us. However, we still have to protect our minority uh, in this region. We have to understand that this is our tribal lands and we have to protect our people from being overrun in various ways. Uh, How we're going to give the most people the most amount of rights is is something to work out
2: on. Doesn't it concern you that the American Israel Public Affairs uh, Committee, IPAC, which doesn't interfere in internal politics in Israel, has called your party both racist and reprehensible?
5: Well, you know, they uh, the the folks at AIPAC and I used to work at AIPAC. Uh, they should do you know a better job trying to represent the will of the Israeli people instead of condemning the will of the democratically elected government. I think that's a mistake, uh, and I know many people at AIPAC, many supporters of AIPAC, who are cr- incredibly disappointed in these kind of statements, and I think that really that distances us from one another. But I think that most. American Jews or supporters of AIPAC, when they come to Israel and they understand the security situation better. When you live in Israel, you realize the security situation, you realize that we need a strong, so-called hardline government that's gonna protect us from this terrorism. Once you get that in your head, that this issue is really about terrorism and stopping terrorism, then you understand that Israel needs this kind of government that's going to be strong, push back on terrorists, and thereby actually create more opportunity, more forward momentum, more progress in this whole region.
2: We'll speak to our correspondent in Jerusalem to fact check Yishai Fleischer, and also hear from a prominent Palestinian. Still to come, we hear from Cuba, well known for its boxing prowess.
0: Okay, so that was uh, oh Nelly. That was uh, me on the, in the on the world service. I mean, for me, when you say the world world service, it's like you know that that is uh, you know that's that's something that you know, it's supposed to have like this this monicum of respectability. So
1: I can't aren't we're isn't this a british person she couldn't even say to you like thanks for being on the show she just like but like she didn't even say bye like she didn't she just like cut you off like like that was disgusting like her we'll whole check it. tone was just like ew
0: yeah yeah she was very very angry and the truth is uh that i must say that that's that interview is like five minutes long but in truth it was the 30-minute interview, and she kept hammering, 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 hammering. She was hammering away. I had a half an hour of a struggle with this. Wow. She, she, and she was like, and she, every- She had a billion questions for you. And she had it all prepared. She had it all. Well, yeah. My, my, I must say, she was totally prepared.
1: Well, they you know? they thought they were going to crush you, but no. No. You did a really good job. I do want to say, Ishai, that one thing that I noticed is that she mentioned twice Jewish citizenship. What do you think that means? Jewish Are the Palestinians going to be able to get Jewish citizenship? I thought that she would say Israeli citizenship, but she said twice. She never said Israeli citizenship. She said Jewish citizenship. What does that mean?
0: I mean, I'm not sure if it's just a slip of the the tongue or some kind of confusion, but I'm not sure it's a bad thing either. If she understands that it is a Jewish state or a Judaic state, if she understands it that way, and she understands that in order if she understands that it's an ethnic identity and not just a secular national identity then that's a good thing let her think that that indeed to be and i i had i i remember one time i I, found
1: something off-putting about it i won't lie to me it felt (laughs) like she was like i don't know if i can put this into words like she she Either she couldn't acknowledge Israel even as like a state. Right. But then she was talking about citizenship. So she had to have been recognizing that we have a country because the countries have citizenship and she wants them to get citizenship. So Jewish. Was that her way of like not so subtly saying that we're Jewish extremists or Jewish uh, supremacists rather and that Israel is only a state for only Jews on the one hand, I, you know, I see what you're saying also, which is like Israel is a state of the Jews. On really? the other hand, like are like no, this discussion was not about and never was about having uh, in terms of the the topic that she raised in the interview that she was doing with you was not at all about that. It was not at all about creating a state which is exclusively for Jews. And it certainly wasn't about talking about Uh, revoking, now revoking citizenships. It it definitely didn't mention the Druze people, with whom the Jewish people seem to have basically no beef whatsoever, and nobody's talking about getting rid of Druze citizenship in Israel.
4: So we do obviously have
1: a minority of people uh, and non-Jews living in the land of Israel. And we still bring in people even on Aliyah, and that is uh, obviously a major source of uh, controversy. We still bring in people... (laughs) Who are not uh, Jewish, according to Jewish uh, religious law?
0: All that stuff is true, Malka. But you know, you know, you know what it is. You know what the thing is. the The Gentiles, in their hate, some of them,
1: right? They'll, they'll re- reveal. they their truth. right?
0: But they're actually revealing that what is the truth, right? Which is what are the real questions here,
1: right? I want to. By the way, yeah. she asks
0: me. She asks me in the interview, not in that. That's not aired. She goes. Do you and the Otsma or- Yehudit or Jewish power party. Jewish power party. Uh, uh, do you want a third temple? And what'd you say? I said, well, it's not an issue of us wanting it or not. It's it's in the prophecies. It's in the Bible. That's that's what's you know been prophesied that there will be a third temple. However, right now this political party is working for just basic human rights. Right now we're talking about just moving our lips in prayer on the Temple Mount. But if you want to talk about that, that's not for the party. That's that's biblical prophecy.
1: That's what was wow, my to, she didn't. That did they not didn't make play it that. In. They didn't play that. I thought you nailed this interview, Isha. I was really proud of your of your responses. They were very good responses.
0: But I, I want to say to you, Monica. you see, she, they, w- what I like about them and what I respect about them is that actually they're not beating around the bush. Right. They're just like, wait a minute. You're going up to the Temple Mount and you want a Jewish state and you want a Jewish state. You want a temple. Don't you say it. And it's yeah, like,
1: maybe we should just say it.
0: That's, that's what I'm saying to you. Like in, in a sense, they actually get to it.
1: Right. They they sense what's going on, what the undercurrent is. And we keep being like, no, 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 no. That's my point to you. But like, it's kind of like, yeah. That's my point too. My point too is that they like, if you, if you listen carefully, that's what they're concerned about. And you can just <laughs> say. Sometimes you can tell from your enemies more about what you're really about. And speaking of which, let's talk about the word enemy here for a second. Okay. And the word friend. Who is our friend and who is our enemy? This Itamar ben Gvir, our minister of national security, going up to the Temple Mount, something which he did like the week prior to that and the week prior to that. Like he's always going up on the Temple Mount. He goes up a lot. But now he he became a minister and now he went up to the Temple Mount. It was a nice, quiet morning and nothing happened. The end. That's the story. It was a there fast no day. There's no story. It was a fast day. It was a fast day. fast day about Jerusalem. That's right. Right? That's right and he goes up to the temple mount and everything is fine the end that should have been the story but no countries around the world roar, start to get really really upset because one dude took a morning stroll that he typically takes on the temple mount again on the temple mount and they got so angry by the way
0: it was not it's not roar it's more like bark,
1: bark, 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 bark. No? <laughs> maybe interesting it's, it's not roar what are you roaring well, about? Well, I'll tell you, Isha. I'll tell you. There there was a news article that went up, or a news story that went up, that really upset me. And the the article was that the, the United Arab Emirates and China went to the UN Security Council on behalf of Jordan and the Palestinian Authority, which are, uh, I guess, observers? I don't know. And they called for a meeting of the UN. And Security Council, the mm-hmm. organization in the world that's like, we're meeting because there's about to be a nuclear war. Like, and they came and made a meeting. No, I don't think they about, made
0: it. I think I think that they they're, they're, they're
1: calling for a meeting. The right. meeting has not happened. Right. They called for a meeting to discuss this one guy and his walk. Right. And you're just like, first of all, I just want to say, UAE, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about you right now. Um, UA- very disappointing Right and, and luckily When we went into The Abraham Accords Wait a
0: second wait, let, let's, let, yes. I just want to make okay. it I want to make it clear The UAE uh, And along with other countries Like China Called for a security council meeting To talk about Itamar Ben-Gvir On the Temple Mount And 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 as you said, it's an absurdity if you compare it to real problems. And I tweeted about this, like for example, it's an absurdity. A, even the, if
1: you don't compare it to the, the real Russia,
0: problem. the Russia-Ukraine war has hundreds of thousands of people dead, threat of escalation to nuclear proliferation, and right? Nuclear Iran's escalation. killing people. China right, has has right. daily
1: protests and about this, lockdowns.
0: Right, and this dude is a, is a, is a is a Jewish dude who walked right took his life.
1: morning prayer walk.
0: Right now, th- so 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 there's an absurdity uh, about that. Uh, UAE is supposed to be our new ally. Now, the real, the, the, the next level of absurdity, the deep level of absurdities, is a little bit complex, so follow me. Why is the UAE and maybe Saudi Arabia moving towards rapprochement with, with Israel? Why? Because we're strong. Strong? What does that mean? Strong against jihadism that wants to take away the regime in Saudi Arabia, wants to take away the regime at the UAE and wants to destroy them, for example, the Iranian jihad that would love to wash away the Sunni Arabs. So why are they looking towards Israel? Because Israel is an economic powerhouse and a military powerhouse. Military powerhouse against who? Against the jihad. Where's the jihad centered in the land of Israel? And the Temple Mount, and in the so-called West Bank, IE Judean Samaria. So when we push back on jihadism on the Temple Mount by asserting our sovereignty, uh, that should be something that the UAE should be cheering, but they're two-faced.
1: Right, they're two-faced. But th- there's another country, th- Ishai. I, I just let me finish so, yeah, the thought here.
0: There's two faces here, which is which is on the one hand they want us to be strong for their purposes, but when it comes to pushing back on Palestinianism, yes, which is a which is a just a radical form of jihadism that wants to undo undo Israel here in the, in the in the land of Israel. So they should be, if anything, they should be staying keeping mum. Okay? Keep mum. And I understand that they have sensitivities to show to the Arab world that they're, you know, authentic and this and that, but it's a different time, folks. And you cannot now now, have some guts, people. Yeah, but Israel's gotta be the one with guts, which is if the if the Abraham Accords if the excuse me, if the UAE and company wants to diss us for going up on the Temple Mount, we should diss them back. They should know that there's a cost to like initiating this besmirchment Right. We've
1: we've instituted this like Diplomatic policy over many decades, which is like, yeah, you can kind of like tread on us and it'll it'll be fine. Yeah, it's it's like it's all right. Step on our toes a little bit, it'll be okay. Speaking of which, yeah, the UAE is two faced. Okay, but you know that doesn't bother me. Well, it does bother me, but it doesn't bother me quite as much as this other country that's shown itself to be a little bit two faced. This one hits a little closer to home. And that's the United States of America.
0: Ouch! I, but I would you know, like I would, I, I, I I, as opposed to as opposed to the UAE, which yes. has no like people that can have a voice. It's only the government. Oh, I you see. Know. Yes. The United States. It's it, when we talk about the United States, we have to be careful because we're really talking about administration. An administration. Fine. Like, well, this, this
1: administration.
0: It's it's on it's it's on the other a side. Egg, okay. What does that mean?
1: It's it's a zero. Oh. <laughs>
0: It's not a zero. It's it, it they line this up with administration, our administration
1: this administration mm-hmm. also came out. When Itabar Ben Vir came out, they're like, they ran to the microphones, right? We support the status quo and anything that's gonna upset people that are not Jews is really not good. What about our upsetness, by the way? Can we be upset? We're not allowed to be upset. We cannot get upset. The 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 terrorists can get upset, right? Other countries can get upset, but Israel's not allowed to get upset. I was and then, like as if that's not enough, enough, then the United States really digs in into like our little tiny like w- our zoning laws, like what we're going to be doing in this acre and what we're going to be doing on that acre and came out with the most audacious anti-Israel statement about uh, an excellent decision on the part of our new Baruch Hashem, Israeli administration, mm-hmm. saying that they're going to legalize finally a place where Jews have been living now for a long time, and that is Chomesh. That was uh, that was uh, really messed up during the Gaza expulsion and the uh, you know Samaria region expulsions.
0: Well, well, let's actually hear. Let's hear the the tone of voice. Okay, and
1: we could talk about that too.
0: Right, let's hear the tone of voice of this uh, State Department spokesman. Uh, telling Israel exactly where or can and, and, and notice 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 this Hamas tells us exactly where we can and cannot walk on the Temple Mount and the US tells us exactly where and we where and where not we can legalize and build
1: right and it's they, like they're <laughs> on the same page right now Ooh. Hamas and the United States are on the same page right now
0: yeah so I'm just saying like uh no see that's that's that's
3: okay not nice. play it the Hamesh outpost in the West Bank is illegal it is illegal, even under Israeli law. Our call to refrain from unilateral steps certainly includes any decision to create a new settlement, to legalize outposts, uh, or allowing building of any kind uh, deep in the West Bank adjacent to Palestinian communities or on private Palestinian land.
0: Well, that is definitely not a nice way. Didn't of, like uh, that. Yeah, no, that's not that's not nice. And and we're not. I don't. I don't. I really think that like.
1: Just we're not beholden to that stuff also. Yeah, uh, and I have to say that as irritated you know as what, I feel like. You know what? Yeah. You know what?
0: You know what? Let's not talk from the point of view of Jews. Let's talk about from the point of view of Americans, many of whom are listeners to this show. Yep. Uh you don't want your country to be speaking that way to Israel. And you should make that voice, you should make it clear. I mean, anybody listening to this show, unless you're the enemy listening in, uh, And hello. Uh, and hello Shalom. Uh but like the people who are fans of the show, uh they 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 just uh cringed. At that tone coming from America, and, and and deservedly so, and you should push back on that.
1: Let's put it this way: the previous administration, with all of its flaws, and some people are now coming out and saying that it wasn't what we thought, and all this. You
0: don't have to say that. They
1: would not have. Yeah. They would not have co- issued the statement. Right.
0: By the way, I'm telling you, Malka. I'm giving you a pass. You don't have to be. Uh, you don't have to be um, in that mode of uh, of saying like, Just the previous administration. administration, was very and I really
1: pray. Uh, I'm really like not so involved in American politics, but I have to say that I am looking forward to 2024 and I really hope that, uh, that a new, fresh, more American administration will be entering the scene.
0: Malka, you know, people are always prohibiting us. They're prohibiting us. They're trying to prohibit the Jewish people, but we have a way of fighting back with that, to that prohibition by having some prohibition pickle. That's right, Malka. You, uh can really enjoy some of the great delights at Prohibition Pickle and they are sponsors, proud sponsors of our show Uh, so you can have things like sirloin pepper steak with steamed rice and you can deliver that anywhere here in Israel. Beefy truffle mushroom (laughs) barley soup. I've never said that before in my whole life. (laughs) And and he uh, and a good friend Chaim says, "Love our Shabbat food. We'd love to run your next buffet event for up to 100 guests. Ooh. Call or message us to learn more. So here's what I'm recommending: You come to Israel, fly to Israel, have an event. I'll help you do an event in Chevron wherever you Ooh. want, and have and a prohibition chicken piccolo. poppers." That's right. It's all found at prohibitionpickle.co.il. Prohibitionpickle.co.il, uh, and uh, coupon code Yishai will make it snappier for you in the pocketbook. And awesome, great stuff will be delighted into your Ooh, stomach. I'm a
1: little bit salivating.
0: I me mean, me as well, uh, especially because I just got uh, info yeah. that Jamie Lee from Washington State is sponsoring oh. a kiddish for for you and me. What? Uh, valued at a, a nice amount of money. What? And he asks, "Chaim says, What does your heart desire?'" Oh my
1: gosh! What does my heart desire? I'm, I, you know what? I looked at the website actually. But, yeah, what Maka, are you feeling? What? I'm
0: feeling a lot of stuff, but I want to say that uh, Jamie, thank you, Jamie. Jamie, Lee. will thank get it. Thank so, you so so much. But more importantly, That's very part nice of the deal: hear. if you sponsor any kind of kiddush for us, yes. Part of the deal is that you will get blessings yes. on the Shabbat. Yes. we Public will, we, blessings. We, yes, we will from bless the land you of Israel. openly on our Shabbos table. That's a that's not a small thing. Yes. Uh, we'll, so I
1: will be I, certainly happy to do that.
0: That's right. I also want to talk about uh amazing new watch that's out at <laughs> retrowatchguy.com. Ooh, new? Listen to this, Mukka. This is called a 70s Lip Digital Roger Talon, okay? Yeah. It's really, really cool. This comes with its original integrated leather strap in fantastic condition. It's kind of like a totally 70s futuristic tank, tank-style dress watch built for three CPO. Check this out.
1: Built for three CPO? You press oh, a button. Wow. It, if you oh want to go, That's super old school. If looking.
0: you want to go old school. Old school, new school. Right, like old school. Like NASA. Right. Like like if you want to put on a, a watch and like be like- just have a retro, awesome watch from from a different That's cool. time. That's very unique, actually. I love this watch. I love this watch. I think it's so cool. And you like press a button, and this like digital readout. Um, it's got very little signs of rare w- wear because it's from the seventies, and basically. Um, you just you push down the crown and the space age red LED reads out like a ti- uh, reads out the time like a champ. It's a beautiful watch, so cool. Check out the other watches as well. This might not be your style, I think it's awesome. You know, I think you can. I I would pull this off in a second. Uh, and it's found at RetroWatchGuy dot which are proud sponsors of our show, the Yishai Fleischer show, show. So thank you very much to them. And of course, coupon code Yishai will get you some bucks off of that, and it's really really cool. And you can you, this one's not for Shabbos. No. this this one is not it's for, for sure. and that's right.
1: it's a, it's a statement piece
0: that's right it's a statement piece exactly right uh, i want to thank also the good friends at jewishpress.com who are doing a fabulous job of of explaining to us what is going on in israel especially the new reforms new legal right. reforms that are coming they did a
1: great list of the like as they were coming out with all the names of the new ministers, I know that sounds like nothing, but as they were coming out, there were a lot of like confusing articles and the Jewish press just like made a beautiful list who is who and what is what and where's everyone going to sit. They do a really good job of like, like removing the mystery. That's right. And what's it called? Like decomplexifying something? Yeah,
0: clarifying. Clarifying, clarifying I, that's is probably right. a more that's, real yeah, word. Yeah, decomplexifying. No. I like that though. No, yeah, decomplexify. That's true. Um, so that's <laughs> jewishpress.com. Decomplexinating. And, and I also, and they, I love their email as well, which is the Jewish Express. Highly recommended. I want to thank the folks at uh, at The Israel Bible, giving you a beautiful Bible with God's holy word, In English and Hebrew with transliteration with commentary specifically about the land of Israel edited by my friend Rabbi Tully Weiss of Israel 365. Israel 365 also puts our show out. You
1: see it on the bookshelves of a lot of like... Important people. Fancies. That's
0: right. It's a beautiful book. You get it. So go to theisraelbible.com and put in coupon code Yeshai. Bang. Bang. You you got it. Uh, I also want to thank the folks at... um, Uh, The Land of Israel Network, which we are a part of, and many other great shows there. So check them out, and thank you to Ari and Jeremy for forming this network. Uh, And I also want to thank, of course, the Jewish community of Hebron, Hebron, uh, for, for keeping strong for keep on, that's Chevron. we keep yeah, on keeping on. so awesome,
1: on. and lots of beautiful guests are coming through. You had a very special guest this week, a little girl who's uh, battling a serious illness. That's right, that's right, that's right. And she came with her family and, uh, and yeah. had a beautiful tour.
0: Yeah, that was a very special thing. A I, high I, lifeline, I believe. That's right, and uh, it was a very meaningful tour for me, and really, really good folks come through Hebron, uh and we're working to keep it beautiful and strong and educating all the time. So check out Hebronfund.org. Come on one of our tours. Support the Jewish community of Hebron. Awesome stuff. And of course, uh, if you're in Hebron, that's the root of it all. That's the beginnings. That's the that's the future of our history. Uh, But if you want to also go to the future of our future, you got to go to the Temple Mount because it'll rock you. It'll rock your face, and you can do it together through uh, our good friends at highonthehar.com. High on the Har will uh, the Har means the mountain. Uh, and uh, you're going to get high because you're going to the highest place on earth. It's not as high as Mount Everest, physically speaking, but it is much higher spiritually speaking, and so therefore uh, highly recommend that you check out highonthehard.com. My good friend uh, Rabbi Levy and, of course, MJ, uh, Dr. MJ, she just rocks this amazing organization, which is getting you on the Temple Mount and will change your life. Your life will be changed. You will feel differently. You will be guided. You will be explained. You will do it in holiness and sanctity. Wow, 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 wow. So that's really great stuff. And uh, by the way, our own Rabbi Simcha Hachbam also gives tours on the Temple Mount as well. Great stuff. Okay, Malka. so there you go. Uh, We did a lot. We heard from the um, State Department. We heard from the BBC. And all because they are afraid uh, of either... uh, a Jew walking on the Temple Mount or really of the third temple in Jerusalem. Those are things that are concerning them. And you would think that they would just be so excited and happy for the prospect of more God's revelation in this world. I, think- I just
1: feel, I feel bad for them in a sense. Like it makes me angry and we have to fight these things and like the real world and realpolitik and all. But like as a person even just who looks at history, like don't you know how bad this is for you? Just don't don't like you don't have to be our best friend i can understand that okay
0: oh that reminds me like
1: just like stay out of our way
0: that's right and i said i said to them yesterday i never said this before i said to this european group i said don't you think that europe should just decide on neutrality on israel i usually say just about germany but i'm just like don't you think that europe should just be like you know what i got this tough history with the jews
1: let's just it's just like commenting on every little thing. Yeah,
0: I said to them, don't you think it's a little obsessive? There are many bigger problems in this world. Don't you think it's a little obsessive? Don't you think that maybe, and I could see that the Europeans, Italians are like, you know, some good Europeans. They were just nodding, like you know. they were like, "I'm like, just declare neutrality about Israel issues. Just
1: yeah, we don't, we just don't deal with that stuff. Yeah, yes, yeah, no. We're not their best friend. We're not their worst enemy. We stay out of
0: it. All right, folks. Uh, I know that you have not declared neutrality about uh, the state of Israel, the land of Israel, the God of Israel, the people of Israel. You care, and that's why you're listening. You're a part of it. So thank you very much. Please buy me a cup of coffee if you have a chance. Uh, go to uh, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yeshai. Really appreciate your cups yeah, your of coffee. Yeah, coffees
1: make a huge difference. You know, you know, so like for example, you were just talking about the microphone that we have a microphone that we're probably going to need to replace
0: that's right that's right replace
5: you the mic. amazing
1: people you help us do that stuff that's and that's how we get the messages out
0: that's right and my, i, I want to tell you that a guy listened was listening to the bbc and he just wrote me out of nowhere he wrote his name is Stephen, and he write me out he wrote, wrote me out of nowhere he says a big call of vote for your interview on bbc's the world uh regarding itamar Gvir. While I don't agree with everything Mr. Bengfira represents, mostly I do, the duplicity, <laughs> he writes, the duplicity of the world on this matter is just beyond belief. Did a great Kiddish Hashem presenting Israel in your interview. Thank you. Wow. And then he bought me a cup of coffee. That's
1: so nice. I, I Thank you. I Thank I you for that cup of coffee. I don't think he's
0: a listener to the show. I just That's think beautiful. He heard on the That's BBC. very nice of you. Very cool. Very cool indeed. Uh, so check that out. And if you want to be part of the bigger projects, go to ishaifleischer.com forward slash donate. And we are rocking Pushing forward on the edge, and you can be a part of it. You are a part of it, uh, wherever you are. That's that's the slogan of the show. All right, folks, uh, let's take a tiny little baby break and come right back with Doctor Noam Arnon about the Torah portion of Vayechi, Vayechi, which is all about uh, well, all about Jacob's last will and testimony in Egypt, in the beginning of the Egyptian exile, uh, in preparation of the Exodus. Uh, so that's coming up movement right now. Movement of people. Oh, Movement of people. M- movement of Jewish people. Uh, and God bless you from this good land. Maka Shabbat Shalom. And Shabbat thank you so shalom. much. Shalom. All right. We'll be right back and Shalom.
4: Ishai needs coffee. Please help support the show by buying Ishai coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Ishai. Thank you and l'chaim.
0: All right, folks. You are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show broadcasting live today from Hebron, from Jewish Hebron. And I'm honored and pleased to be with Noam Arnon, Dr. Noam Arnon, our legendary spokesman and uh, one of the only people in the world who's been down to the actual tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs uh, and also now a doctorate, PhD in the study of the Marat Dr. Noam Arnon, thank you so much for joining me today.
4: Shalom, Yishai. Shalom, everybody.
0: All right. So the reason, the reason that I brought my recording equipment in today to the office to talk with you uh, is because we're in the we're really in the second version of Chai Sara. We have a, a Torah portion which is Chai Everybody knows about it. That's the purchase of the Marat Machpela. But here we have the story of the Marat Machpilah told from a different angle. It's a it's a retelling. And when a Torah decides to retell a story that's very special, and it retells us about the purchase of Marat Machpela from a point of view of a grandson. Somebody who was not there at the time. That's Yaakov Avino. And he's not talking in the land of Israel like a strong Judean. He is in Egypt, right? And he's given over the story of the purchase of the Maratha Machpela, who's buried there, and we learn things that we didn't know before, that Rivka is buried there, that Leah is buried there. I find that those words, and there I I buried Leah, to be, I don't know why, I, it, as we say in Hebrew, it gives me the, the shivers, just to realize that Yaakov tells us, yes, Rivka is buried there, my, my wife Leah is buried there, and I want you, Yosef, to, to, to bury me there. So I'm throwing it out to you. Tell me a little bit about this Torah portion of Vayechi. Tell me about why there's a second retelling of, of the story. And what do we learn from Torah portion of Vayachi that we didn't know about Chevron and the Marat Machpela earlier?
4: Well, as I said, uh, it's the third generation. It can show us that the transaction of Marat was successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, Avram uh, buried Sarah. Avram himself was buried there. But if you see a third generation connected to something, right. it feels that it's success. This right. is the, the homeland is going from generation to the to the next one, and now to it's going to be in the between the sons of Jacob. I mean, to the fourth generation, and forever. Right. This is um, a message that can show us that the connection, the chibur to Hebron. Hebron means chibur in Hebrew.
0: Connectivity, it, connection, friendship,
4: connection. Yes. So this connection is going on. The chibur. The connection is going on from a generation until us. Now, before we go to the details of the story, let's pay attention to to one very, very uh, important fact. Yaakov, in his last words on earth, telling his sons one thing, take me home. Take me home, take me home to the place I belong. To Hebron, to my fathers, take me home. Roads, what's that? The country roads. Country roads. That's right. That's right. Country roads. Take me home. Well,
0: in this case, it was the Via Maris. <laughs> yes, it was through the, the sea the sea route, uh, up through Beersheba and then uh, and then up and to, then Hebron. to Hebron.
4: I mean, Jacob uh, had chosen, and it is a decision that he made. What shall I tell to my sons? On my last minutes on earth, shall I tell them, love your God? Shall I tell them, love your friend? Shall I tell them, be faithful? Be what? I tell them one thing, be connected. Mm -hmm. Get connected. If he he knows that if the sons take him to Hebron and feel this connection to the fathers, to the heritage, to the ideas, to the values, to everything that these fathers symbolize, and the message of the fathers, this will connect them to the next future. They will connect them forever, because Jacob is standing in a very dramatic point. He knows that when he go past, when he will pass away, the forefathers, as as prophets, uh, will disappear. Now, what's going on to continue? How can he make sure that his sons will continue with their identity, with their message, with their faith? Now he understands the connection to the roots, the connection to their heritage will preserve them to the future. And this is the decision he made. And this, I think, he did it right. Because you, you see the result. After three and five thousand years, three thousand and five hundred years, uh, we are still the sons of Jacob. We are still the sons of Israel. (coughs) We are still Bnei Israel, the children of Israel. Now more than that, when we build a state, we call it Israel. We take the name of Jacob, of Israel, from Merat Machpelah, and we call ourselves our new um, national uh, uh, creation in this, anci- in this ancient name of Israel, which is Jacob, actually the, the, the state of Israel is standing on a foundation that was made here by Jacob in Hebron. Mm-hmm. This is something magnificent, something big, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. And then. Jacob tells his son, take me home, take me home. Now, he, he, he does it twice. One to Yosef. Right. One, one
0: he gives just directly to Yosef. And he, and Rosh explained to us, makes a lot of sense. He's the one that could. He's got the power to do it. Moreover, it seems like, and this is also true from the Amarna letters, that um, uh, immigration and emigration in Egypt was highly controlled. Highly controlled. It wasn't like you could go in and out easily. It wasn't like the EU. The borders were highly controlled, including leaving. <clears throat> leaving is not so simple <clears throat> because you have your wealth. They may not want you to take away the wealth. <clears throat> so he uh, for, he says to Yosef, to <clears throat> excuse me, you can take me, and also you'll be able to say to to Pharaoh that you took an oath to take me back to the land. You're forced to do it, and that's why he forces him to take that oath.
4: Yes, yes. As you see that when the, the brothers, 10 brothers come to Egypt mm-hmm. to have some food, Yosef knew about them. Right. It doesn't that everyone can come and buy something, no. Because Yosef as a prime minister, he knew about everyone who's coming. Right. So um, as you said, the immigration is controlled and this is why he had to tell Yosef to get a permission to take him and I believe that um, many things with him and many people moving around, going to Knan. Now, let's remember, knan was under Egyptian control right. at the time. Right. And uh, uh, this is, uh, I think that they used this uh, funeral to somehow to, as a, as a statement, as a political statement, we are here. The Egyptian forces, the Egyptian troops come with Yaakov, we are here. This is a symbol of this Egyptian uh, presence in Canaan, symbolized by the father of the of the king. So, the viceroy, the, 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 the vice king. The pri- I think yes.
0: prime minister is actually, prime minister is a good way to talk, think about it, which is king and a prime minister who rules under him. Yes.
4: Mm-hmm. So, and then after that, after I think that Yaakov understood that Yosef will fulfill, and Yosef gave his word and oath, uh, he word to take him, and now Jacob connects all these signs. He calls all these signs. Right, say, once,
0: once it's assured that his body's going to be taken to to Hebron, the promise is yes. made. Uh, he brings in the rest of the the folks, and then he
4: give everyone a special. It's not a blessing; it's a message. Right. It's a special message that will that will somehow lead this person for the future, and then he says take me home, take me to Hebron, take me to my fathers, to all the sons. He did it again, although Yosef had promised to do it, but he did it again in order to ensure that all the sons will be involved in this funeral. All the sons will come and attend it. <coughs> they will not say, okay, this is a, he gave it a, the mission to Yosef. Yosef will do it. He has his troops. He has his vagaries, uh, whatever. He uh, we, we are free. No. All the sons must be there. All the sons must be connected. And they ensured that the, the common idea of this family, the mission of this family, will be again control, uh, uh, taken on the shoulders of all the sons and every one of them will say to his sons and grandsons, you have to remember, you have to remember That we have the fathers, Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And we are special people. And we carry on this message. We carry on. We don't worship these idols around us. We are special. We have our names. We have our tradition. We go on with our tradition. We don't celebrate not the Halloween, not the Sylvester, not the Christmas. We we have our own tradition. Mm -hmm. This message will be taken and and will be delivered to the next generation
0: right so they're, they're they've already moved to egypt and now they're coming back and <clears throat> they're going to hebron what do you think what do you think it looked like do you think it was just a cave was there markings do you think that that the how, how did how was anybody able to tell that it's like you know our people's special place um moreover another question is why does it keep on mentioning Ephron the hittite why does it keep on telling us about this guy? Okay, I get it. You know, we know the story. He bought Avram bought it from Ephron the Hittite. But it's it's kind of his name is associated with the place. Why 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 reassert that so many times?
4: I think this name was like uh, a king in Hebron, and the local um, population, the Canaanite Hittite population in Hebron. When you say Hebron uh, Ephron the Hittite, it's um, it's mm-hmm. like. Like in, in, I don't know, like in America, you say Lincoln. You say, like in Israel, you say Ben-Gurion. Right. It's something very special person. He was the um, sort of a president or a king or something like this in, in Hebron. So when you mention this name, uh-huh. you get like title. Ja- like Jabri. Yes. Right. And, uh, yes. <laughs> he was the leader. He was this, the leader of the clan here. Yeah. So when you come and say... This is my property. I bought it from Hebron. Uh Okay, okay, so do it. Uh So in order to somehow to deepen this understanding between his sons that will be uh, spread out among the local population, he had to say this name again and again Mm -hmm. to make sure, remember, you you come to Hebron. Now at that time we know that there was a city in Hebron. We found the walls. We found the uh, presence in Hebron, in the uh, MB, in the Middle Bronze Age. This city is located here, and they lo- was looking from the from the mount here, down to the valley. They saw this uh, uh, funeral. They saw these hundreds of uh, troops of Egyptian troops with uh, all their uh, uniform and, and flags, etc., etc. And they understood this is the Jewish property. This is the place that Hebron. Our president had actually delivered and, and sold it to, to the Jews. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and there's a famous Rashi that talks about uh, the, the question that when Yaakov sends out Joseph to go to Shechem, so it says, Chevron. So Rashi says, but you know, Hebron is in the mountain, not in the valley. <clears throat> so he must have sent them from the deep uh, suggestion of that uh, tzaddik, that righteous man who was buried in Hebron. <clears throat> I always wish I could take Rashi up to the hill and show him that he, of course, he's right. That it was from the deep suggestion of that righteous man. But it's also from a valley. That when you're leaving Hebron, the
4: mountain, there it is, the valley, and that's where the tomb is. It's in that valley. Exactly, exactly. And Rashi actually quotes Chazal. I will say just, and they knew where is Hebron, mm-hmm. and they connected the valley, the ge- geographical valley, to the um, idea of the valley, to the to the to the man. To the prophet who is lying there in the valley and what he knew that uh, the sons of israel are going to back to the exile this is exactly what's going to happen and what about the what, what
0: about this question that i have for you which is um that we didn't know about rivka when she was we, we didn't know that she was buried in Marat and we didn't know that leah was buried there and then there's this verse you know it's like you know uh, uh, you know that, that i buried i that, that i buried leah there that my mother rivka is buried there you know it's it's like, a, it's like a piece of revelation. It's a very piece of important piece of info.
4: Okay, we could guess it from the beginning. Okay. You ask uh, why it was not mentioned. Chazal answer to these questions. Everyone has an answer. Everyone has a reason why the Torah didn't say it. Okay, this is one of the questions. You know, learning Torah is full of questions. Learning Tanakh is full of questions. Some of them uh, are free to ask. To to put our own uh, suggestion, right, and we can be right and we can be wrong. Well, well,
0: well, I think that first thing is we just got more info. Like this is not just a repetition, but there's a, there's a piece of info that we didn't know about, and it fulfills this this consciousness that Marat is also a cave of couples. This is something that I'm like I'm harping on every day here on tour today. I must have said it ten times to different tour groups. You know, this is a place of couples. It's a place, and I know, and I tell people this might be surprise you. Because you may have been told something different, but it still takes a mother and the father to make a family. I just I tell people because they may have been told something else. So, so people are, you know, just get it. Set the record straight. Shit, right? In Hebrew,
4: uh, you can say it's the shrine of the forefathers and fathers. Right. Or Mikdash Hazugiyut. Mikdash Hazugiyut. Uh,
0: right. The sh- the shrine of of, uh, of couples of couplehood. Uh, couplehood. Right. I don't know if they have that in English exactly of of uh, relationships. And I okay. love this verse. Shama Kavru. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rivka, his wife. He could have said, but he says in that case, he said, they buried. Uh, and he doesn't say his mom, he says his wife. There I buried Leah. I don't know why I find this to be romantic and moving, and uh, <clears throat> that's where
4: I want you to take me, he says. Uh. Yes, because Leah was not the first. Uh, the preferred wife. She was. Yeah, she, she was the yes. second wife. Yichon, yes.
0: Right.
4: But actually, most of the sons, uh, she, she she brought most of the sons. Right. Including Judah and Levi, Levi. And Jacob uh, um, now said, "Okay, uh, she all, all 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 life all her life." She had to 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 live with understanding that she was not the first uh, adifut. Uh, the, she she was not the preferred, but uh, somehow uh, somehow now he mm. is gapping, is uh, bridging this gap mm. of uh, mm. attitude, right? And she is with him, right. and right. Rachel, the beloved woman, is there in Bethlehem. Asking uh, and weeping for her sons to return.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. I, I like to explain to people that, that the Marat has an element of consolation. There's something about the whole family being together. Uh, nechama, nechama, she nechama, while Rechali refuses, she, she refuses to be consoled. She doesn't want her husband to say to her, There, there, it's going to be okay. No. <clears throat> she wants to continue crying until all her children come home. And Noam, and, and I want to tell you that I always tell people when they make Aliyah, I say, good, now go to Rachel Imeno. tell her you can
4: keep crying, but not for me. I must tell you something. Okay. I heard from Rabbi Shlomo Goren, mm-hmm. the chief rabbi.
0: You heard it yourself.
4: Yes, I heard it. <coughs> chief rabbi of Tzahal, Yeah. Of the IDF. Yep. In the Sixth Day War, after the liberation of the Harabite of Temple Mount, at that night, he went to Bethlehem. He wanted to enter Rachel Imano, but it was closed. Then he heard the noise and a key fell, right near to him. An Arab from the house saw him searching around. He threw the key and gave him the key. He went inside to Rachel Imano and said, "Rachel, you are you are crying." al bania now I, I now i tell you Rachel, ko amar ashem min ei kolekh mi bechi veinaik midimah. weep no more Wow. min ei kolekh mi bechi veinaik midima ki yes tikbal akhri technom ashem you have hope to your uh, to your future your future has hope yes sakhal li fulatekh your efforts have bshabu banim li i want to tell you mama Rachel, your sons had returned. Right. Now, this was a message that she was waiting for. From the days days of Irmiao, she was waiting to hear her sons returning and saying, Rachel, weep no more, we had returned. Right. And then in the 90s, uh, the Jewish people,
0: Israel, decided to cut away the ancestral homeland and give it away to a terror organization, and then, uh, furthermore, to uh, almost give Kever Rachel away to the terrorists, and by by sheer, you know, last moment efforts of uh, Rabbi Porush and crying, literally crying to to Robin, they made a little pen marker around it. And then the beautiful, romantic tomb of Rachel Imenu was turned into this <clears throat> type of prison complex, and it was turned into this defended, you know, Galuti exilic. Uh, a defended uh, like like fortress compound and then it became a super popular destination with with constant buses the place is bustling it looks like a prison and yet it's become a Haredi, ultra orthodox like like central stop yeshiva free food the place looks like a prison and yet there's people praying there Constantly, nonstop. Now there's new apartments in the back there. I mean, I mean, the story of the Jewish people keeps going. You know, <laughs> it just it just keeps going. And you know, I I remember I I, I remember that they uh, s- decided in early two thousands to stop allowing car traffic into it. I remember that it was Tisha B'av and Nadia Mattar led a a walking protest. I was there, and we led a pro- walking protest, which worked. They they reallowed cars later on, you know. And now today it's like Kefar is like. You know, it's not a beautiful romantic little place, but it is alive and hopping. Uh, you know, that's that's the, history keeps going.
4: People rem- remember when the Soviet Union was in power, right. and the communist world was in power. No one could imagine how the walls of this empire are going to collapse, but they did, mm-hmm. they did. In Tavshinun, Tavshinun Aleph, in 1991, the walls collapsed. And the wall of Berlin had collapsed. I believe that the walls of Rachel will collapse. And uh, and she will return to us and we'll return to her. And we'll see again this beautiful uh, home of Rachel Imenu. Again. Now then the children re- uh, return and we hear, we finish Sefer Bereshit with uh, Yaakov Avinu brought to Hebron uh, being... Uh, buried again in Hebron and the, the sons returned to Egypt to complete the prophecy of Abraham Abinu.
5: <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and then right.
4: in the days mm-hmm. of David Melech, mm-hmm. all the sons returned to Hebron. All the tribes, the 12, uh, okay, representatives of all 12 tribes returned to Hebron to say to David, you will be our king. Mm. So the cycle is completed. Yes, cycle completed, and the uh, Hebron is unifica- unifying the people again and again, and then from Hebron, David Melech arises to be the king of Israel. David Melech Israel, chai, chai didn't, You know, he he is alive. That's right. This idea is alive. Amen. Dr.
0: Noam Arnon, thank you so much for your time. Happy Parshat Vayechi. Uh, we also have, by the way, an ultra-Orthodox Shabbat coming this Shabbat, uh, this organization called Ketushat Zion, which is trying to bring uh, Zionism to the Haredi community. Uh, they're going to be here uh, specifically because it's a less quiet, it's a, it's a more quiet Shabbat than, than Chai Sarah. In any case, I want to wish you continued success uh, in spreading the light of Chevron uh, and these ideas, the, the light of King David and the forefathers and mothers and spreading that light out so that people can come in and reconnect thank you so much for being with us
4: Shabbat Shalom I was glad to be with you Yishai wish you success and continue your holy work
0: alright folks you are listening to the Yishai Fleischer show and I want to thank you so much for being with me uh, I want to thank the folks that make this show possible which is Ben Bresky Yocheved
1: Tabitha, Tabitha, Moshe, Moshe and, Lou, and Lou. When, we when we're live. live,
0: that's right. And that's the folks that produce this show and make it happen. I also want to thank uh, you for being out there and being awesome. Write me an email. Show me your awesomeness. Send me a picture of your life. YishaiYishaiFlischer dot com. That's right. Let the spirit move you to send me a tiny little email. It makes a difference when I see who you are, what you are. I broadcast to you, so broadcast a little bit back. And of course, we want to thank the God of Israel for being with us and giving us strength uh, to make this world a better and stronger place through the advent of the return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel and the miracle of revelation of God's vision and promise and prophecies fulfilled. It's all happening here and now don't let cynicism bite Uh, you. Be into realism, which is the realism is that God's revelation is happening and great things are happening in this good and awesome land in this great and amazing time. Stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected. God bless you. Lots of love from the land of Israel and shalom.